Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, on this Sunday, May 7th, for our in-person and online worship experience. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Well, if you have some joy in your heart, turn to your neighbor and say, uh, good morning. Peace of Christ be with you. Greet your neighbor. Good morning, everyone. Today is Communion Sunday, and so if you are at home, here is your reminder to go scurry to the kitchen and get something that looks like uh, bread and juice and uh, bring it to wherever you are uh, with your worship experience so that uh, you're ready when we get to that after the sermon. Chris is back there with a basket of the combo cups. So if that's how you like to have communion and you didn't get one of yours this morning, raise your hand and and he'll help you with that. Um, Otherwise, those of us who are here in person are going to be queuing up in the middle aisle after the the liturgy of consecration of the elements. You'll follow the choir. They'll come, they'll find their way over here and line up and and then uh, be the first to get communion and then get back to the the loft so they can sing while the rest of us do. Um, So follow their lead to the middle and you can go either way. Once you come to the front, get the bread and then the juice on the side, and those trays are for you to uh, leave uh, the juice cups once you're done. The flowers this morning are given by uh, David Kettle in memory of her of his cousin, Barbara. Thank you, David, for that courtesy. We appreciate it. Uh, you'll see announcements uh, Uh, come up on the screen this morning. I'm going to move quickly past them to invite Jason to come up. Today we're having a a special presentation after worship that Jason is going to lead us in, but he's going to say a few words about it uh, now so that we get a better sense of of what's uh, upcoming. Jason? Yes. Thank you, Pastor Walt. Good morning, everybody. I'm excited today to invite you all after the service to Alton Hall for about 15 minutes so that I can tell you about this remarkable nonprofit organization that's making a significant impact in the fight against cancer. And that's the the Lymphoma Leukemia Society, also known as LLS. As you may know, those cancers are most commonly associated with children, but do impact adults as well. If you would spare some of your time today, I'd love to share my experience with you, my personal experience and why I'm committed to being a voice for that organization and to help them with my fundraising efforts. Let me show you the miraculous work that LLS is doing to help in the fight against cancer. Cancer, it's such a ruthless disease that's affected so many of us. 
So I hope you'll join me afterwards in Alton Hall so I could, so I could teach you more about this amazing organization and show you how many lives that they're changing. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Uh, uh, motivation for these kind of things come in various directions, and, and sometimes it's the loss of a family member that uh, touches our heart in such a fashion that we step forward to make a difference like this. And we thank Jason for um, uh, his willingness to be called forward into service on behalf of all of us uh, to, to deal with how we might push back the impact of cancer in our lives and in our community. So that is right after worship. We'll, we'll just go across. Speaking of things like that, if anybody is um, bothered by the fact that we're not going to have cookies today. Some of us may be a little bothered by that. Um, Bob. Or coffee. The Shehorns have COVID. And they're the first team, if it's not Hospitality Sunday, of doing that for us. The subs are in London <laughs> and didn't fly back in time to give us cookies. So we, we don't have a third team or a fourth team to go down the line for subbing for this. So now if your heart is a little bit um, tight and bothered by the fact that we're going to finish a Sunday without cookies. Um, I invite you to uh, sign up, call in. I don't, know who you, I don't know who you talk to. Talk to me. Talk to Rick. Um, I don't know. Talk to somebody and get on the list so that we don't have another Sunday like this. Um, but perhaps this is just going to make it easier to go across the patio. You won't, be, you won't be stalled with cookies or coffee. Just walk right across the patio into Alton Hall to connect with, uh, with Jason. All right, let us center ourselves and uh, be about the worship of our living Lord. Please stand for the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. Let us uplift our spirits in the worship of God. God's mercy overflows. God's love never ends.
Lift up your hearts. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, as we celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Christ Jesus, we pray reality and promise of resurrection would captivate our thoughts and inspire our actions, giving us new life and fresh opportunities to blossom in your spirit. Be present in our worship, and let it be so with all of us, we pray. Amen. Hi everyone, Pastor Christy here, and I'm really excited about today. A couple of weeks ago, depending on your church, we talked about community and what how important community is and what that means to be community. But today, as I'm recording, this message is going to be seen in all three churches, and that is our community of Conejo Connect and the connection we each make. So we are going to talk about the lectionary scripture from John, and it's when Thomas walks up to Jesus and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And that was in reference into becoming one with the Father, being with God, and them just not quite sure where they're going or what are they doing. And it got me thinking, have you ever wondered how to get somewhere? For a lot of you, moms and dads drive everywhere. And so you might kind of recognize something here or there. Maybe um, as you get to your school, you might picture a sign or I know for my family, we all know where we're going when we see the big green sign of, Callie, you're in the back. What is that? Starbucks. So we see landmarks and we figure out ways to get to these places. And for the disciples in the early church, Jesus was that landmark. I know that doesn't sound quite right, calling Jesus a landmark, but he was. He showed the way to the Father. He showed the way to experience God's love and how to share God's love with all people. So if somebody says to you, if you know, you know, you can say to them, yes, I know. I know God the Father, and I know through Jesus how to get there. So you guys, let us pray as we go out into our classrooms or stay with the congregation since it is a communion Sunday and we will find community together through many different ways. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for helping us to know where we're going and what we're doing. Help us keep our eyes on the map that is you be with our family and our friends and our sister congregations. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you are going to Sunday school, your teachers will be in the back. If you are not, go on back to your parents and have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon.
Holy God, we would pray that your spirit would be present among us in such a fashion that we would know your presence near, your presence within, your comforting touch, your healing presence, your inspiration. We come in prayer once again, recognizing the violence of our world, and, and we ask that you would help us, Lord. We ask that you would help us find a way beyond our violence, find a way to be good brothers and sisters to one another, to care for one another, to build that community of love and grace. Help us to find our way, for we have gone astray. And if there are hard decisions that we have to make in that respect, we ask that you would strengthen our spine and bolster our courage of faith to speak on your behalf and to say that your intention for us in our community is one of peace and love and caring and uplifting of one another. Help us to find in the special moments of our lives ways by which we can help spread that word and live into that way. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues. We pray for their help. Those with troubled relationships, uncertain employment. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. This morning we think specifically again of Kathy Drake and Sandy DeLong, Sarah Pierce and Pastor Anna as they deal with the effects of cancer and their treatments. We pray for their healing, their strength, their ability to maintain themselves in good spirits. Oh Lord, hear our care. We pray for Paul's friend Steve who is struggling to withstand his radiation treatments. Strengthen him, Lord. Help him to be maintained. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Dave Crawford's brother, Dick Gustafson, diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Janet Todd as she deals with significant back pain and for her daughter, Tracy Morse, who is continuing to recover from replacement shoulder surgery. Oh, Lord, hear our prayer. For Betty Stenman's grandson, Jacob's father-in-law, Gilberto 
Today, uh, recovering from emergency surgery this last week. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Herb Berger, now in Camarillo Senior Living after a recent fall, having difficulty walking. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for Nick Pupich, for guidance and for peace of mind. We pray for Steve and Carol Ames as they look for a boarding care facility for Steve that they might have guidance and peace of mind as well. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And for all those who are suffering from COVID, we think particularly this week of John and Candace Shehorn. We pray for their full recovery. We pray for those around them and others with COVID, for their caregivers and, and all the wonderful medical personnel who have assisted us all in moving through this disease. <clears throat> oh Lord, hear our prayers. We take a moment in the privacy of our own thoughts to lift up other people in situations. Come into these lives, Lord God. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And as we think about the joys in our lives this week, we share with one another the, the news of a new baby girl born to the Severance's neighbor and the joy that that is bringing to that neighborhood and to Phil and Jeannie. And we think of Doris Carmen and her is it 95th birthday celebration? What a glorious life she has lived, and we are pleased that she is among us still, sharing love and moments of grace. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for our church as it continues in our ministries through these challenging times. We ask you, Lord God, to help maintain and increase our effectiveness and our vitality so that the good that we do would be pleasing in your sight and effective for those around us. We pray this all in the name of your Son, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospels of John and Matthew. 
Hear the words of John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. Hear the words of Matthew, chapter 7 verse 1 through 5. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you will give will be the measure you get. Why do you seek to, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? And or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May I have something to say today that helps us comprehend and live with these passages as we leave. I want to say, choir, is it, is it because I'm affectionate of you all, or are you really sounding good? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, but that, that piece, I kind of felt like, let's just sit with that anthem for like five minutes and just soak it in. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, We emerge from our Easter celebration with Jesus on our minds. That's a good thing. As we greeted that dawn, we overflowed with faith and joy. And on your behalf, I was saying, hallelujah, he is risen, life has conquered death, love has prevailed, hallelujah. That is a heartful of hope, a mindful of inspiration, and a spirit full of love, those words. Jesus is presented to us as the one that brings God to us and helps us find our way to God. 
helping us to get a better understanding of God's nature and at the same time of our own possibilities. What do we do with all that Easter hope, Easter inspiration, Easter love? Well, if you're wise, you put it to work. We let it inform us and motivate us to emulate Jesus' ways for our good and, and for the good of those that are around us. We can be more and more like Jesus when we give ourselves over further and further to his redemptive power. So this far in the spring sermon series, we've identified two character traits of Jesus that we would be well to emulate. The first was truthfulness. Jesus told the truth. He did not lie. He knew that in truth-telling, there was freedom. Take it to heart. And the second was spirit above law. Jesus knew the law's value in guiding us humans to better relations with one another and with God. Yet most importantly to him and for us was embracing the spirit of the law rather than rigidity of its tenets. Both of these qualities, being honest and embracing the spiritual, what you might call macro view, both of these are anchored in love and in grace. And you know what? This should not surprise any of you if you know a little bit about our Lord and Savior. Mercy and grace. Big stuff, mercy and grace for Jesus. Big stuff for us. Today we identify a third character trait. I'm calling it mercy greater than judgment. And by this I mean Jesus was not out to condemn people. His goal was not to make people feel badly about themselves, small, to make people feel that they were wrong. Rather, he sought to uplift people, getting them on the right track. He sought to redeem and save people. This is a big difference. This is an important thing to note about Jesus. How many stories do we have of him walking down the street and going, hey, you, you! Better buck up. You're doing things wrong. I know it, and you're in big trouble. <laughs> you! Watch it. I know what you did last night. Don't be doing that around me. Hey! How can you possibly live like that? Do we have any stories of Jesus doing that? 
No, we don't. We have Jesus contradicting some self-righteous Pharisees. Recall the saying of John 3.17 attributed to Jesus. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. All right then. Do you get the picture? What's the best way to achieve that goal? Saving the world. As we understand Jesus, mercy is a more effective means to that goal. Are you with me? Is this your perception of your Christ? Or do you like to get beat up a little bit in the process? Let's dig in. Our two scriptures this morning help us, I think, get in the right direction, get moving in the right direction. First, the John passage. It captures an interaction between Jesus and a group of self-righteous religious leaders using a woman caught in adultery to score some theological points to their community about Jesus. Read it again. Hey, Jesus, help us enforce the law. No, no, no. Hey, Jesus, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this situation? Following the jot and tittle of the law, exposing her would bring her death, and their justification while at the same time revealing Jesus as a fraud. So you see, the, the motivations here are all wrong. It doesn't pass the spirit test that we talked about last week as one of Jesus' characteristics. Jesus deftly turns the tables on these hypocrites by inviting one among them, anyone, anyone among them who was without sin to throw the first stone. And no one had the courage to claim their sinlessness. Hmm and throw a stone. I find it a nice intrusion of truth-telling, truth-honoring in this shameful encounter. Jesus has disengaged, he's spared, the woman from her external tormentors. And now as they leave, he turns to her, in my understanding, to disengage her from that which torments her within. He says, go your way. 
And from now on, do not sin again. It's an act of great mercy. It's an act of great mercy in that it saved the woman. And indeed, it's an act of justice in that it stopped a group of sinful people from punishing another. Yet also, we imagine this is an act of, of social change, kind of a revolution in that it blocked an assertion of male dominance over subordinated women. Where's the one that committed adultery with her? Where is he anyway? If they caught her in the act of adultery, then they caught that guy in the act of adultery too, didn't they? Where is he? Maybe he's even in that crowd going, stoner, stoner. It's a trifecta of good things that Jesus does. Well done, Jesus. Jesus' desire to save rather than punish is clearly seen here in this story given us. It's mercy over judgment. The woman apparently had sinned. Yet his joining in their condemnation of her would not have saved anyone. Not her. And not those in the crowd. Possibly some of those in the crowd were saved that day too by Jesus' mercy. This is the way Jesus rolls. And why I suggest his using mercy over judgment is one of his big character traits. And more so as a result, this story about Jesus illustrates for us, what we are supposed to be going after as disciples. We are not out to judge, punish, and condemn people. Come on, let's go. Let's see how many people we can condemn today. Live up to Jesus' spirit. Spread the faith. Let's condemn people. Let's punish people. That's not our sense of the discipleship that we are being to. We are not to judge, punish, and condemn people. That is not the purpose of discipleship in Christ Jesus. The goal is to help people. Us and others connect better with God and be redeemed and changed and transformed and born again and renewed. All of those great words. And mercy, my friends, is the best means to that end, Jesus tells us. Not judgment. 
Perhaps we all know how to judge ourselves harshly enough that we don't need somebody else adding to it. What we need is mercy as a ladder to climb out of that pit. Jesus, I think, illustrates this, and we are wise. I think we're wise to follow on this path. And our Matthew passage adds a little bit more to this to make it, I think, just a little, a little clearer. How can you say it any differently? Do not judge. There, it's right there. Do not judge, right? It's pretty straightforward in that pronouncement. And it's given, interestingly, knowing our nature perhaps, it's, it's given from a self-interest point of view. We are told not to judge others because the way we do will be how we are judged. Implying that unless we're, we're perfect in, in all things, judging others might just get us into a whole lot of trouble ourselves. Let those without sin cast the first stone. I am struck by how modern psychology states that we are usually critical of other people, usually critical of other people over behaviors, words, and attitudes that are problematic for ourselves. We project our sin onto others and then we nail them for it. We notice it in others because we are working so hard to hide it in ourselves. I just love it when modern social science confirms insights Jesus shared with us 2,000 years ago. Here's how Eugene Peterson translates this passage about do not judge. He uses some different words that are a little more attention-getting, so I want to share them with you just for the, the fun of getting unnerved. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course... You want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. It's the whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face, and then you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. I guess Jesus would have us turn the golden rule of do unto others into... Judge others as you yourself would want to be judged. And most often I find myself responding to that saying, Mercy, Lord. Mercy. 
Do not hold my faults against me. Give me your mercy that I might change to be as you would want me to be. So we had a, a sermon series around Easter talking about, uh, what was it talking about? The courage of our faith, right? And one part of that courage was to be candid. And so I'm just highlighting how your pastor is being a little candid right now. I want to lift up a nuance that just murkies up the water for a second. Because I think in all candidness, I should. Any of us who have been in a significant relationship mean any of us who are now alive and listening to my voice. Especially if you're a parent or have been a caregiver, which should be about everybody also, pretty much fit in one of those two categories. You know that you cannot go through life without making judgments, right? In the back of your mind, you've been saying this for 20 minutes. But I need to make judgments, Walt. We will weigh things, won't we? We will weigh things and we will advise. Keep your hands out of the fire, kids. It's bad to burn yourself. Don't drink acid. It's not good to trick other people or use other people for fun. Don't throw that at me. Don't hurt me. Lying ruins your lives. Don't be lying. Don't be lying. These are all judgments. Exercise. Exercise, will you? It's good for you. And getting up for the remote is not exercising. <laughs> Eat healthy and maximize your vitality. Determining things, determining, determining things, making judgments are part of our life. We need to do that. Indeed, the Ten Commandments are guidelines, are they not? They are guidelines for judging right and wrong, doing the right thing towards others or towards God. So I'm thinking, what's up, Jesus? What's up with these passages? I'm, I'm thinking that Jesus is not saying to avoid using discretion in our thinking to determine good from bad or sinfulness from righteousness. Jesus wants us to be able to determine these things. Remember, as we said before, he came to fulfill the law, not to do away with the law. I think he's speaking about what we do with those discernments. What we do spiritually and what we do otherwise. 
do we use it self-righteously to belittle or condemn others? Or do we seek humbly as sinners ourselves to link arms and work to get better together in community? I think he's leading us to the latter, to help, not to hurt, to be merciful, not to be judgmental. This is what we need to keep in mind. And in this way, we will do well, I think, to follow Jesus as bearers of mercy, not of judgment. It's one of those character traits, I think, that are worth emulating. Mercy gets us where we want to be. Mercy will get others there too. So put self-righteous judgmentalism aside. Cast it away and let tender mercies abound. Amen. invited to share of your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen throughout our congregation. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good work we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in the people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village.
You know, I forgot to mention one other way we can serve communion to you in your pew by the servers here. So if, if you don't have a combo cup, um, yet you find it hard to come forward, you prefer not to come forward, uh, raise your hand near the end of the serving time and, and they'll see you and they'll come and serve you in the pew if that would be, uh, if that would be helpful. Let us be in the attitude of prayer. Holy God, it is right that we should always and everywhere give you praise and thanks. Only you are God. You created all things and called them good. You made us in your own image. Even though we rebelled against your love, you did not desert us. You delivered us from captivity and made covenant to be our sovereign God. You spoke to us through your prophets. The Lord of all life came to live among us. He healed and taught, ate with sinners, and won for you a new people by water and the Spirit. We saw his glory, yet he humbled himself in obedience to your will, freely accepting death on a cross. And by dying, he freed us from unending death. By rising from the dead, he gave us eternal life. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving you thanks, he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, he returned thanks to you, gave the cup to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, most merciful God, we experience anew the suffering and death, the resurrection and ascension of your Son. Send the power of your Holy Spirit on us, Lord God, gathered here out of love for you, that in these gifts of our offering, and of this bread and juice, we may be drawn closer to you. Transformed by your spirit. Empowered by your son. May the spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in service to the world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all glory and honor is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.
We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. And we pray that in your mercy, you would strengthen us through this gift in faith towards you and in fervent love towards one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing. this service has been a blessing to you. May God's mercies abound in your lives. Remember Jason in Alton Hall across the way right after worship. And uh, am I wrong? Next week is Mother's Day, right? Is that right? And special about Mother's Day is that we're going to have our children's choir here, multiple voices of all our children gathered back together again, not the sporadicness that we get on a Sunday. It's going to be marvelous. It's just going to be marvelous. We thank Katie for helping to pull this together. Um, that will be next Sunday as well, so spread the word about that. Let us work with the Spirit in one another, making this a blessed day and a blessed week. Stay safe. Be healthy. Know that you are loved. Be a witness to the love of God. Let God's grace overflow your life. Amen. 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 Amen.